I'm Stephanie. And I'm Rachel. And this is Neurodivergent Voices, the podcast amplifying the voices and lived experience of the neurodivergent community. We're licensed occupational therapists who specialize in the brain and are neurodivergent ourselves. Join us every so often in this podcast that is for you and by you, the neurodivergent community. If you're interested in learning more about neurodiversity and joining a vibrant community of neuro-inclusive adults, head to our website, divergecommunity.com. Interested in an interview? Email divergecs at gmail.com to get it scheduled. Let's get to it. In this episode, we had the opportunity to interview two gentlemen who identify as neurodivergent. First up, we have Jake then Ted. Jake is a musician who plays both the drums and guitar. He enjoys golfing. He also is a great painter. Jake experienced a traumatic brain injury at birth and lives with a stutter. Jake is a really sweet and brave dude, and I'm really excited to share our conversation with you. So listen in. Oh, and bonus material for those who listen till the end, we're going to have a quick snippet from one of Jake's bands. So stay tuned for that. All right, thank you so, so much for doing this. Can you tell everyone what your name is? Um, um, my name is Jake McCarthy. Um, um, I'm 29 and um, I'm in Michigan. Nice, awesome. Nice to meet you, Jake. Jake, can you tell us what you do for work? Um, I currently work at a music store called Osmid. Um, I currently work at Oz's Music. I tune guitars and I also like repair guitars and um, I do some work at the front desk and I also yeah, clean up the stores too. Nice. So do you just have like kind of a natural ear for tuning? Um, uh, um, yeah, um, um, yeah, um, um, yeah, um, I use um yeah um i use a tuner like mostly um um yeah um um i use a tuner mostly um i have gotten better at um basically using my air more so oh very good very good okay all right so other than that what do you enjoy doing and what are you good at um yeah uh um yeah um, I'm good at guitar and drums um yeah um yeah I'm actually playing two bands at the moment um, two yeah no kidding yeah, well, what are your bands called um <laughs> if you don't mind a little shout out <laughs> oh yeah uh, um oh well first band um it's actually through School of Rock um oh, nice um us uh, in Ann Arbor um and um it's actually the second band um uh second band's called Totally. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Can you spell that? Because I uh, have a feeling that there's something notable yeah. about that. <laughs> Is it T O A D? I love that. Yeah. band. Very cool. Very cool. What are some other things other than music? Um. Um. This guy's very talented, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm pushing him on it. Um. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Um. I do art, I play golf, um, I also, um, um, trade stocks, um, 
and um, um, as to read um, in sports and stuff like that. Excellent. Yeah. And it totally checks out because we are downstairs in yeah. his music space slash art studio right now, and he has a wall full of his paintings and artwork, which is really cool. So. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So, Jake, if you don't mind us asking, yeah. what are some conditions you identify with? Um, I think for me, um, um, you know, I actually have a TBI, um, uh, have a TBI, like, I mean, I stutter too. I've been stuttering since I was, um, like, five years old. Okay, okay. What are some things that you wish that other people understood about the TBI, which, traumatic brain injury? Okay. Yeah. Um, I... Um, um, it, um, I wish that people understood that, like, I'm not dumb, or just wish people understood. Um, I can't get it for now, I'm sorry. No, um, that's powerful. I'll ask you again. Yeah. Okay. Is there something that you wish more people understood about traumatic brain injuries? Um, um, I... I think when it comes to, to TBIs, um, it, um, I wish people like would understand that I'm not that much different than anybody else. Yeah. Um, and um, 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 e e e e m. Uh, I think when it comes to stuttering, which is probably, I feel like affects me more. Um, um, it, um I would that people understood that. I think when it comes to stuttering, like that, I'm not nervous. I mm. don't have like really bad anxiety and I'm not um um just wish people understood but I'm not you know just like low IQ or anything it's yeah. that um yeah I just struggle to get words out and um and that um it's not a reflection on just my anxiety or just my IQ or anything like that I think that's really really powerful yeah and I think that um, it's obvious to me in, in the time that I've known you that you're a very deep thinker and you have a lot of good thoughts yeah. and the way in which you write and play music kind of expresses that for yeah. you, I think. And so I could see how that could be frustrating to not feel like the typical way of communicating is your strong suit when you yeah. have so much to communicate. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. So I think that's so cool and um, kind of so inspiring for other people that you have found out other outlets for your communication. And oh, yeah. even so, you get your point across verbally too. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very cool. Well, is there anything else you wanted to share with us today, Jake? Yeah. Um, actually, think. Um, yeah. Um, actually, think it's about it. Um, the 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 for interviewing me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah. I so appreciate your time, Jake. Thanks so much. And now, Jake's band, Totally. I'm crazy like that. What's up, NPR? Thanks for the opportunity. We're totally, we're totally, as in we're going to totally win this thing, but also totally as in toads. If you know what I'm saying. This is one we like to call creature of habit. We're all creatures of our habits. You know what I'm saying. And so I think we're going to go ahead and start this thing. Hit it, Jake!
hear the rest of the song that was actually entered in NPR's Tiny Desk Concert Contest, you'll have to go to their YouTube page. YouTube at Totally Band. That's spelled T-O-A-D-A-L-L-Y Band. Wish them luck. In this next interview, you're going to hear from Ted. Ted works in medical documentation. He is near fluent in Japanese and has been to Japan multiple times. And he knows more about weather than anyone I've ever met. Ted is on the autism spectrum, and he also lives with OCD. I think that this interview with Ted is an important opportunity for us to start to discuss autism discourse. The language we use to describe our lived experiences and also the experiences of someone else matters. It matters a whole lot. Words can describe, educate, empower, but they can also discriminate, stereotype, and hurt. For much of the autistic community, they prefer to use what's called identity-first language. So an autistic person versus person-first language, a person with autism. The idea is that they are inseparable from their identity. They are not a person who decides whether or not to bring along their autism. It's, it's who they are. When we think about other identities, such as gender, our culture, ethnicity, race, we automatically assume this identity-first language. An example could be an Asian individual or an Asian American. We would never say an individual with Asian-ness. It's inseparable from that person's identity. And so that identity is the descriptor. It comes first. But everyone has their own preference. And a big part of that is based on their age, where they grew up, cultural factors. So you should ask, not assume. And don't be afraid to be wrong. If the way in which you were taught or learn to describe autism was different than what is preferred now, you learn and you grow, and that's okay. All right, let's start the interview. One last quick note. You're going to hear me talking in kind of a baby voice at the beginning of the interview, and that is because Ted has an adorable puppy dog on his lap during the interview, and I cannot help but bring out baby voice when cute puppy dogs are in the room. That is not at all directed at Ted. Okay. All right, thank you so much for doing this with me. Okay. What's your name? My name is Ted. And who is this? This is Cheyenne. Hi, Cheyenne. You she is, um, <laughs> she's a Lhasa Afsa Bishan. Oh, she is she's such 11. a sweetie. She's 11 years old. 11 years old. What does she like to do? Uh, likes to go on walks. Oh, 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 we said the word, huh? Yep. <laughs> We're in trouble now. What do you like to do, Ted? I like to travel. Okay. I'm going to go to Florida in a couple weeks. Ooh. It's exciting. I like, I've been to Japan three times. Wow. Yes. Three times. What mm -hmm. did you do in Japan? Uh, first I went with a student group and then I did a research project on autism in Japan. Okay. And the thir fourth time, a third time I did, um, I did a study abroad. Wow. That's really exciting. Mm -hmm. Do you speak any Japanese? I'm working on it. I'm learning. Okay. It's like, konnichiwa is good. Hajimemashite watashi no nama wa. Ted Kore des Dozos Kinesimas. What'd you just say? My name is Ted. Cool. I, think. I love that. I would like to learn a little bit too. Mm -hmm. Very cool. So you like to travel? Yep. You like Japanese? Any other interests of yours? Um like weather. Okay. Um I like um driving. Mm. I I like to do long work trips. Yeah. Um let's see. Like, 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 um, 
space science stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to see a rocket launch in Florida, so I look forward to that. The Kennedy Space Center? Yep. Very Casey, nice. Kennedy Space Center. Very nice. Cape Canaveral. Yep. Very cool. Ted, what is what is something that you feel like you're good at? Um, I have good memory. I have good oh, directions. Yeah. I can read maps. Yes. I can read maps. I could, um, <laughs> when I was in Japan, I was able to find a way around with just a map in Tokyo. See, that is, like, unbelievable to me. As someone who mm. really struggles with reading maps and stuff i feel like that is just like a superpower yep. so that's really cool um <laughs> like um let's see i'm very knowledgeable about weather yeah my father worked on the national weather service he was a forecaster there cool. so being a son of a meteorologist is, has its benefits yes do you have a fun fact about weather you could share with me um, <laughs> type of cloud or um, natural um uh, there's, there's like um there's 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 three types of um, thunderstorms. There's a um, we got the regular thunderstorm. Well, actually, there's it's more complicated than that. But there's there's got the serious hand. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> um, I'm putting you on the spot with yeah, the, the, your with your factoids here. Yeah, the um, the sur there's a you got the regular cell super, and a supercell thunderstorm, and then you got squall lines, and and then it can be broken down to like multi-cell. I, um, single cell, multi cell, and um, multi cluster, and then you got, and then the supercells are the ones that produce tornadoes. But you can get tornado from technically from any any thunderstorm, but the really? the ones with the more the more damaging ones come from supercells. Supercells. That's the big. That's the big thunderstorm that has rotation in that wow. and it rotates. Did you learn most of your meteorology from your dad, or yeah, from my dad? And I took some spotter classes. Very cool. Very cool. What are some things you're working on for yourself right now, Ted? Um, Any goals you have? I'm working to be more independent. Okay. Um, I, 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 I'm cooking and cleaning. Yeah, you're doing really good. Be more organized. I have my own apartment, so. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm doing more this preparing for like more how to plan more trips and stuff mm -hmm. more efficiently. Did I ask you what you do for work? I'm not even sure I did. Uh, you what do didn't. you do for work? I work at Eisenhower Center. Okay. It's a brain injury rehab. And I do document scanning. Nice. Clerical stuff. And then I do um, the bank run in, the, in okay. the post office. How long have you been there? Uh, 16 years. Have you gotten any awards for that? They give you any, like, for being there? Um, I've, I've gotten um, uh, combinations. One combination, and I also got. Um, they they gave some time off, pay time off too. So that's excellent. Wow, sixteen years, Ted. Mm -hmm. That's yep. really something to be proud of. I think mm -hmm. very much so. Ted, do you mind sharing with me and with us um, any conditions you identify with? Um, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I have I have anxiety, OCD. Um, auditor it's more just process, auditory processing, not yeah. as it used to be, and um, just eye contact. I'm trying to give eye contact the best I can. Sure. And I'm social skills, I've gotten better over time, and yeah. I just want to learn also how to navigate the dating world too and sure. social skills, and that's been really difficult. Mm. 
I think that is kind of one of <laughs> one of the mm-hmm. hardest things yep. about being a a young adult in the society right now. And then you throw on like all the the differences yep, and yep. like neurotypical and neurodivergent mm. communication styles and it just makes for this They don't <laughs> They don't teach this any of this in high school. They don't teach you how to communicate. No. You just they you, you pretty much and if you're neurotypical you pretty much have it ingrained how yeah. to read facial expressions, how to interact with pe- people and stuff. And some it's some of it is harder than others. Yeah. And I can hide it pretty much, but but the eye contact I can give it when I when I try. I mean, yeah. and it's difficult. But now, Ted, when when did you get your diagnoses? Um, I was diagnosed at the age of three with PDD and OS. Okay. Which is a form of autism. Yeah. And I was too high functioning to be classic autistic. autistic. Yeah. And um, so it's probably more recently with high functioning autism, probably in high school. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. How do you like? Um, I feel like everyone kind of has their own preference for how they communicate and identify with autism. Mm-hmm. When you tell people that, how do you say it? Do you say? I just say I have on the on the autism spectrum. On the autism I don't really. Spectrum. I shouldn't yeah. use the autistic. I just said the autistic. I I should. I don't really like that term. Okay. You know, I did use it. Yeah. Um, it's because people have a lot of negative connotations of it. Like it. Mm. I mean, people think autistic. Think they usually think of Rain Man or, or, or any, or any, I mean, anything that's near stereotypical and how they yeah. about what autism is. And yeah, and that can be kind of damaging in a sense. If that's the only experience someone has with someone who's neurodivergent, yep. they just assume they everyone's yeah, Sheldon you, or Rain Man. Yeah, that's right? the biggest thing is like if you be like, yeah, that's the, yes, Sheldon's yeah. another another one that they don't. They don't go right and say, but he, he, he. If you watch an episode of that, he hates change. Mm. Doesn't like it at all. He has to be. I think has to be super, super structured to the point where that's kind of. Some people may. I'm not sure how. I'm not like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't need to have like a super uber con, um, controlled life. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, it's um, it just through change is difficult for me. Yes. Yeah. But it's not like it. Maybe it was harder when I was a kid, but it's much. It's getting there. I mean. I had some some things change my trip this 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 coming trip. Oh, the Florida one. Yeah, I just switched my times around, and and I just right now this one will be the first one where I'm actually I'm I will be visiting relatives, but I I won't be I'm not going to be staying with them this time around. So okay, okay. Well, no, it's interesting, Ted, and I appreciate you sharing that with me. You know, when I was asking about like how you communicate it and how you mm-hmm. identify. Um, you're certainly, by no stretch of imagination, old, mm-hmm. but you are old enough and you've had mm-hmm. your diagnosis long enough that you've probably gone through many iterations of like how autism is talked about. Yeah. Is it, you know, ASD? Mm-hmm. Is it Asperger's? What is it? And also, mm-hmm. you've probably witnessed and been mm-hmm. um, kind of part of the transformation of kind of starting to recognize and appreciate yeah. it more. And so. It's, it's been. It's gone from I was I'm not sure I really was diagnosed with Asperger per se, but okay. I was high functioning autism. I think I kind of more blamed with Asperger because it's slightly it came across more differently, I guess. Yeah. Because in, in classic because because the autistic and stuff I didn't want to, but it's like um, 
It's it's gone. They, they got rid of that. That they combined everything together now. Yeah. And they have like from what I've heard, they have like stages now or something like that. Mm-hmm. Stage one, stage two, stage three, and I haven't really gotten to that yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what do you think is something that you wish more people understood about? I guess any of the any of the differences that you live with. I have some differences, but it's not like I am. I mean, I, I can get along. I just want to be respected and understood. Because yeah. yeah. I, I just feel like, feel like I don't want to be stereotyped to like Rain Man or Sheldon. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. And I think it's powerful to allow other people to kind of hear mm-hmm. your story and your lived experience. Mm-hmm. Because you are someone yep. who has been very successful in mm-hmm. life and has pursued a lot of things that neurotypical people would be scared to do too. Yeah. You know, going to Japan for months on end. The class, I, the school I, mean, I went to, the Japanese language school wasn't the best. Yeah. But the thing with that is I had support. Mm-hmm. And the support of my friends in Japan, he and his, he and his um, family were supportive. And, yeah. And I really appreciate their, their, their support. And, um, and I, I wouldn't have got, made it through without their support, but... Mm-hmm. Because I was the, the only, I was the first person in that school who actually had a disability of some sort. Wow. Because they had no clue about it. Wow. Yeah, it's it's tough to be like the only example someone might have or the only experience mm-hmm. someone might have. That there's kind of pressure that goes along with that. Mm-hmm. But I just would say, since yeah. I've met you, Ted, you know, I think. You have taught me a lot. Mm-hmm. We've kind of taught each other a lot, having some similar mm-hmm. shared differences and experiences. Mm-hmm. And I think in a lot of sense, you have a lot of strengths because of those differences. I tried to, and my aunt's been really impressed. Yeah, you really do. She, she did say that this would be my, um, this, this trip would be helping me grow more. I think so. I think so. And, you know, that's because you're leaning into who you are. And mm-hmm. You're not trying to fit a shell of someone else. You're Ted. You're perfectly Ted and... That's, mm-hmm. that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm so appreciative yeah. of you doing this with You're me. Welcome. And I'm so glad this little lady got to join. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Neurodivergent Voices. Interested in an interview? Email divergecs at gmail.com to get it scheduled. And join us next time for my interview. Uh, it's awkward. Okay. Yeah. Tune back next time. See ya.